What she taught me 20 years earlier changed the trajectory of my life. This little saying that's so simple and so huge, don't wish it was easier, make yourself stronger. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and our guest is so awesome, we brought her back. J.J. Virgin is a prominent TV and media personality whose previous features include co-host of TLC's Freaky Eaters, two years as the on-camera nutritionist for weight loss challenges on Dr. Phil, and numerous appearances on PBS, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, and The Today Show. She also speaks regularly and has shared the stage with notables such as Seth Godin, Lisa Nichols, Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Hyman, Dan Buettner, and Mary Morrissey. She is the author of four New York Times bestsellers. And we're going to talk about the gist of those here. I imagine this is going to be a mystery conversation, but JJ Virgin, awesome to have you back on The Daily Helping. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me back, Dr. Richard. Absolutely. So the, the last one was really you know, it, that was a serious episode, right? We, we talked about Warrior Mom. If you, if you haven't heard it, check it out. That was way back in episode 75, but that was inspiring. Uh, the feedback on that was awesome because what you did, how you helped your son was remarkable. But that's not really what brought you to the dance, so to speak. you one of the true luminaries in health and wellness. And I want to spend some time talking about that. But I always ask my guests when they come to the show, what started them on their journey? So how did you really become the health and wellness expert that you are today? What, what started you on that path? When I was 12, my mom is from the Midwest and she would serve us things like tuna casserole with potato chips on top. I had Pop-Tarts or these like, you know, Sven Hards rolls for breakfast or Captain Crunch, big fan, Cocoa Puffs and Captain Crunch. And all of a sudden, age 12, I did a complete 180. And I started studying nutrition books at the library. And I started going to the health food store because I lived in Berkeley, California. So I went to the health food store. I stopped eating chocolate. I would only eat carob. And my mom was like, what the heck is going on here, right? And I just did, I went completely obsessive about nutrition and exercise. Although back then, like there weren't gyms, there was calisthenics, there was, gosh, I can't remember what the thing was called, jazzercise, right? And so, right, I was doing gymnastics and I was working out in the high school gym with the football team. And so that was what I got. I just got really, really interested in all of that and started digging for all of the information and making up my own plans on all of this. And what was so interesting is I went to college on a theater scholarship. People don't know that. I went to UCLA on a full ride theater scholarship 
at, because I'd studied theater in San Francisco and I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I started teaching aerobics while I was there. And by the time I graduated from UCLA, I had a full-blown personal training business. I was one of the first three personal trainers in the US. It was me, Body by Jake and Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple. And so I had this full-blown business and it was funny, I was making six figures in the early eighties and all my friends were graduating and getting office jobs. And I thought that was just the worst, I like horrible, like what an awful thing, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, gosh, I really need to study more about this. So I went into grad school and in exercise science. But what was crazy back then is there weren't jobs for this. Like the whole gym industry was just starting. There weren't personal trainers at gyms yet. There were really dietitians that worked in hospitals, but there weren't nutrition experts. So I had to create my thing. And I also under discovered pretty quickly, and any of the entrepreneurs listening can relate to this, that I really am not employable. Like I had a job, I got fired in three months because I had too many ideas. You know, it's like, stop that. You know? <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, not employable. I love everything related to nutrition and fitness, but also I had this acting background. So it's very interesting. And I love to cook. I almost went to culinary institute, except when I graduated from UCLA, I was like, I really should study nutrition and, and fitness. Well, I really should study fitness because I'm a personal trainer. And then as I was studying fitness, I kept getting so many nutrition questions. I went off and went to my PhD program. I started studying nutrition but along the way. I was always cooking too. So it's what's the crazy thing. And I think we all have to look at this because there's no straight path to success. And all these things that you do along the way, all that research and development, you know, for me, it was working as a caterer. I started two catering companies doing all the theater, um, and then studying exercise and nutrition, you know, you look at it and go, well, I did all, like all of those are being used, right? You know, like you end up doing TV and I end up writing cookbooks and all of a sudden all of the things, oh, and I turned, I, I dropped out of the theater department and became an English major. So now I'm writing books, I'm doing the TV and speaking, I'm doing all of the, the cooking and recipes. So I used all the stuff. It just, at the beginning, if you'd said, if you'd drawn this out, it would never have made any sense. Now it makes perfect sense and I look really smart. I find it so interesting, <laughs> the <laughs> journey, and this is why I love asking people this question because it's always the unexpected twists and turns and sometimes it's a tragedy. You know, they have a relative who died from cancer and they wanted to find a way to make people healthier. You just got interested at the age of 12 about, you know, wellness and, and health and that was it. And that began this path you're on today, which is awesome. And I, as a fellow Midwesterner, I, I was kind of smiling and I remembered the, the tuna casserole with potato chips on top. So that is a thing if, if you've never heard that. So now, you know, let's, let's jump forward a bit, JJ. So you've done this, you're, you're writing these books. You've helped so many people. If somebody's listening to this and they know that they want to improve their wellness, their fitness, they want to have more energy, they want to be more, more vibrant, but they have no idea how to start it. And I think one of the challenges now, because of the internet, that there's so much information out there and you can Google one thing, you know, is the virgin diet good? And there'll be a million <laughs> things that come up and yeah. says, is the virgin diet bad? And there'll be a million things that come up. Yep. And so, you know, that's the internet today. So how does somebody, really kind of tease through all that and start their their wellness journey. 
So I've been thinking a lot about this a lot because I'm writing another book. And it's funny because every time I write a book, I go, that was the last book. (laughs) (laughs) And anyone who's written a book totally gets that. Like, that's the last book. This one I told my agent, I go, this is the last book. So I've really thought about it because it's not like we're ever done with the health journey. I mean, we're done when we're done, when we take the dirt nap. That's when we're done with the health journey. So you don't really want to get done with this. You want to keep going. And it's a series, a process, you know, if we're not continuing to improve, then we are not staying still, we're sliding down, right? Because we are aging. So you wanna continue this process, but you're not always gonna be at your peak. And so I started to look at this, I went, you know, one of the big things I see is, is let's take diets, for example. People say diets don't work. Actually, diets do work. We just approach them all wrong. When you look at diets, and I was reading this study that came out of the UK that said the average person in the UK could do a diet for it was like five weeks and two days, and then things would go sideways. And I go, well, what if you looked at diets differently? See, we don't want to do dieting as a hobby. This should not be your hobby. But what we do want to do is use a diet short-term therapeutically to make some changes, maybe balance your blood sugar, lose some belly fat, heal your gut, and then take what worked in that diet and bring it into your everyday life. And if you went on a diet, let's say you went on a um, keto diet and you went, well, that didn't work for me. Take that into your everyday life. Don't do that. Right? So where I like to start with all of this is I think we, we need to cycle through these upgrades we're doing in our life. And so I have a little cycling process where it's imagine and then you implement, and then you integrate. So the first part, the imagine part, is the most important part. I feel like it's the place that gets skipped. Because if you don't do this piece, if you cannot truly see where you want to go, and Dr. Joe Dispenza does a great job of talking about becoming your future self, like feel the emotion, see yourself there, get so clear on what it means to be that future self. What's the, what's going to allow you to do in your life? You know, how's it going to impact your, your family, your finances, you know, your confidence, your career, every little bit of your life, you draw that out. One of my friends said, you know, I used to have, I have a hundred percent on weight loss programs when my patients do this. And I go, what is it? He goes, they just take a picture of the person they want to be. And they put their face in place of that person's face. That's it. Why? Because it helps them see that future self. And everything is created twice, as we know from Mary Morrissey, first in your mind's eye and then in reality. So the first step really has to be that imagine process of where you want to be. And then you go, all right, now I need to join a program where I'm going to implement that. And so how do I know which program to join? Well, that's where you're going to need to do some of your research and also look at who's a good, like who's had those results? Who's where you want to be? Who's the after picture? Talk to them. You know, now this is why I love to go through these, these processes with diets, because what works for one person might not work for another, but every time you go on a program, you're going to learn some things about yourself that you can then integrate into your daily life. You know, maybe all you got from one diet was you need to eat more vegetables. That in itself is a huge huge win for you long-term. But what I look for is find that person who's where you want to be. Look at the success stories that they've had around them, read about that, and then look at how you're going to integrate that into your life. And again, short-term, I'm going to do a program. Maybe it's virgin diet. Maybe it's sugar impact diet. Maybe it's my buddy Dave's bulletproof diet. Doesn't it, it actually doesn't really matter that much to be totally honest. It really matters that you're going to choose something and stick with it 
for a period of time, say six weeks, go through the process, learn what works in that because you're tracking your weight, you're tracking your energy, you're tracking pain and inflammation, you're tracking your waist and hip measurements. And then at the end of that, go, what worked here? Connect those dots. And all of my programs are set up as a process where you go through and you connect the dots between what you're eating, how you feel, what your weight looks like and what worked for you. And then you take those things and bring it into your personalized eating plan, what you're going to do every single day. Right. And you keep it simple. And I think one of the other challenges people have here is they try to focus on too many things at once. And let's just fast forward and say it's January 1st, because on January 1st, you'll see people write out this list of their future self and their future self works out every day. They also meditate every day. They eat their vegetables every day. They intermittent fast. They take their supplements. You see the problem. They're getting their eight to nine hours of sleep. And that lasts till January 2nd when it doesn't work. The big, big thing here for success on all of this is to when you're going to choose a program, choose a program where they're focusing on one thing. Maybe that one thing is intermittent fasting, or the one thing is getting rid of your sugar cravings, or the one thing is figuring out your hidden food intolerances. That one thing, get good at that. Bring that into your everyday life, stabilize in that implementation, go on to the next thing. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that it's systematized and that you have broken it down to doing one thing because we know multitasking is a myth and we know that when we set a million goals, we achieve none of them. So mm-hmm. I love that. And if somebody's going down that path and you said connect the dots, look at what's working, tracking inflammation, what are some of the things that you've seen? And I know everybody's different. Everybody's engines are built a little differently, their biology, their genetics, their environment that they're living in. But are there any kind of golden rules that apply universally to, you know, really radically transforming their wellness? Oh, yes, there are quite a few of them. And first of all, I'm just going to do a big shout out. Like if you have not read Gary Keller's The One Thing. And one of my favorites. You know, it's, yeah. have you read it? Yeah, we did an episode about it. Yeah, it was great. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of, I feel like every entrepreneur needs to read that every day because it's the antithesis of how we live. So yes, if you focus on one thing, it's amazing when you just focus on one simple thing and just do that, how much you'll be able to accomplish versus if you try to do all those things at once, you'll be able to accomplish them all over time, but one by one and you unpack them. So I'm going to give you some things that really, you know, we are all different, but remarkably the same. And there's some specific things that 
that can make huge differences. And I love the idea of, you know, the little hinges that swing the big door. So I'm going to give some of my things here. And what I would say as I'm going through these is think of these like a checklist. There might be some of these that you go, I got that. That is like totally me. And then you go, eh, not doing that. And you make your list and then you prioritize. You go, what shall I start with first? And bringing this in to become a habit. Because any of these things that I say, doing them once does zero for you incorporating them changes everything. And these are simple little things and most of them cost nothing. So the first thing, and if I was gonna pick, you know, one by one, the most important things that are there for your health, I think the single most important thing for your health is sleep, hands down. So for sleep, what I find with people is, uh, and, and I think over this last year, people got a lot better with sleep because they didn't have to set their alarms and get up, et cetera, most of us. But with sleep, what you really want to do is fall asleep. And you it, first off on the sleep, it's during the normal circadian rhythm. And ideally, it's somewhere between, you know, seven and eight and a half hours of sleep. But it's not about length of time as much as it is about sleep quality. So using something like an Aura Ring, a Garmin watch, an Apple watch, so you can track your sleep quality and really see what's going on with your deep sleep and your REM sleep is super important. Sleeping during the normal circadian rhythm, being able to wake up in the morning without an alarm clock, feeling rested, not having to get up during the night. That's super important. All of that is critical. Now, what I find for a lot of people who are not sleeping well is they're not prioritizing sleep and then they're having poor sleep hygiene before bed. So they're like doing stimulating activities before bed, like their email, which nothing good ever comes out of email at, at night. Turn down the lights, turn down the temperature, take a hot bath, read a good, not great book. If you do have any kind of electronics on, you're wearing blue blocker glasses and you know your room is for sleeping and sex, nothing else. So no TV and all that stuff in bed. Here's what happens when you don't get good sleep. And this is just one, one night of poor sleep. You have elevated ghrelin, you're hungrier, you're more insulin resistant, so you're better at storing fat, worse at burning it off. You've got cortisol and, and serotonin issues, so you're more stressed and you are craving more sugar. And so one poor night of sleep, better at storing fat, craving more sugar, right? Can you see a problem here? And hungrier. Mm -hmm. I would say you're hungrier and it's not hungry for salmon or Brussels sprouts. So very first thing is commit to sleep. Next thing is to stop the snacking. You know, we talk a lot for years about what you should be eating, but when you eat is just as important. And so one of the first things that I do with people as I start to work with them is I start to shift their eating schedule. And to be able to do this, you, you have to be eating the right meal composition because if you're eating incorrect meal compositions, it can make you hungrier. So the first thing I have you do is start to focus on eating uh, meals that have clean protein, things like wild fish, grass-fed beef, pastured pork, and healthy fats, things like avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, and then fiber from a lot of non-starchy vegetables, you know, the cruciferous, things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, and then a little bit of slow, low carbs. That might be wild rices or squash, things like that. So that trifecta helps balance your blood sugar and improve your satiety. Super important so that you can go longer between meals because what you wanna do is number one, stop eating three to four hours before bed. And that does not mean go to sleep later and then start to push your breakfast. So the first thing I have people do is they start to work is they eat by that plate and that plate is in virgin diet and sugar impact diet. 
and they stop eating three to four hours before bed so that we get at least a 12 hour overnight fast so that you can be healing rather than digesting when you're sleeping, which means your growth hormone now can come up while you're sleeping instead of being suppressed, which is what you want it to do. Next thing I have them do is kick out the snacks because if you're snacking, you're raising your blood sugar and insulin. And if you're eating every couple hours, your insulin never comes back down to fasting levels. And higher insulin means inflammation and also locks the doors to fat cells. So you cannot burn off stored fat for fuel. Next thing I have you do is start to push breakfast a little bit later and get a, get a fasted workout in in the morning because a fasted workout and then, then eating is going to be way better for your metabolism. So that's, so I like people to then to start to throw in a couple days a week where they might be getting eating within a six to eight hour window, as opposed to a 10 to 12 hour window. So that's the next thing. It's so sleep, then it's when you eat. And then the next piece of it would be exercise. And I have a formula for exercise. Are we good? I'm just kind of rolling through. Oh, roll. This This is great. Roll. Okay. Uh, Formula for exercise is this. If you're not doing anything, the first thing I want you to do is move more. Now, really for it to count as exercise, you want to get hot, sweaty, and hurt a bit, but we are meant to move. We are made to move. So you want to make sure that you're moving, you know, five to 6,000 steps a day at least. And so that is where, again, an aura ring, a Fitbit, a Garmin watch, something that can track you, what you measure and monitor, you can improve will help. Now, strategically, there's times for you to move that are going to be even more beneficial. So eating, moving after meal, like here's my favorite way to start the day. You get up in the morning, you do some meditation, and you really want to think of if, you, you know, when you're meditating, it's either morning or night, because that's when your beta brainwaves are the lowest. You'll have the least amount of resistance getting into your meditation. It'll be more effective. But let's say you get up in the morning, you meditate, and then you do a workout. And then you have breakfast. And then at night, ideally, after dinner, you go for a moderate walk. Now, because you don't want to do a high intensity workout at night, it can keep you up. So first thing in exercise is just simply moving more. Once you get that into your daily routine, again, it's the parking the car farther away. It's walking the dog. It's taking a walk after dinner, right? It's all those stuff they tell us to do. And then you go to the store and you go, why are there no parking spots right near the the front? Because, you know, everyone's parking right near the front. They're not parking farther away. So look for opportunities to be able to walk. And the single best thing you can do is get a dog get a really needy dog that's got really big eyes that will just look at you. (laughs) Like my little dog looks at me and I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm not taking this dog out. Right. So get a dog, get out walking. Once you're moving more, the next thing you want to add into your schedule is high intensity interval training. And what's cool about this is this is very quick workouts. So this is where you go all out for 30 to 60 seconds. Actually, it can be 20 to 60 seconds. And then you actively recover for twice as long and repeat. So this could be as simple as if you go outside, you sprint for 20 seconds, you walk it off for 40 seconds, you sprint for 20 seconds, you walk it off for 40 seconds to accumulate four to eight total minutes of this bursting. You can do it going up and down the stairs. You can do it jumping up and down in the pool or doing, you know, big, I'm trying to think butterfly strokes in the pool. It can, whatever it is that gets you out of breath and, you know, your lungs and thighs burning in 20, 60 seconds, and then you can recover and do it again and do it again and do it again. And by the end, it should be a lot harder because you've had some lactic acid build up, which is going to trigger the release of growth hormone. 
super anti-aging. It also helps your body handle stress better. That's something you should be doing three times a week. Then you want to make sure you're doing some resistance training. And this is so like, here's the thing with the pandemic and all the gyms closing down, which I just thought this was so crazy. I mean, here we know that one of the most important things that can help you here is exercise. And then the gyms close down and no one's allowed to leave their house. I'm like, this is, this is a recipe for disaster, but here's one of the cool hacks that you can have. There is a piece of equipment called a TRX trainer. And this is a super cool thing. It costs like $140. You can put it in a door jam and you can do a full body workout. You can even do some hit training with it. When you do resistance training, you want to do things that you can do multiple sets of eight to 12 repetitions with 60 second rest breaks in between of multi-joints and the more joints you're moving, the bigger the body movements, the better. So, and the example of that would be instead of say doing a bicep curl, you do a pull-up or a bent over row. But I like people to do resistance training, hit each body part, upper body pushing, things like push-ups and dips, upper body pull-ups, pulling, things like pull-ups and upright rows, hips and thighs, things like squats and lunges and step-ups, and then power core, different types of core and abdominal exercises. I like to hit each body part at least twice a week, uh, multiple sets. So then you incorporate some kind of a mindful, um, restorative type of workout. And that can be things like um, Pilates and yoga. I'm not talking about the power yoga. I'm talking about more of restorative yoga, flexibility, that type of stuff. So that's exercise. So we got sleep, we got when you eat, and we've got exercise as some of the key things that I would say that we don't normally think about as being super duper critical because I talk so much about diet, but I'm going to throw one more in here and especially prominent with what's gone on this last year. Like, you know, there was an interesting study that came out a couple of years ago that found that obesity was contagious and that we could catch us from our friends. And what was so crazy about this study was that they were looking at people and finding that people tended to be, have the same body composition as people they hung out with the most even if that person was across the country from them. So it didn't necessarily have to be the person in their house with them, the person next door, the people who they were closest with, they tended to have a similar body composition to. Now, I remember, you know, the Jim Rohn, the Jim Rohn statement of you are the average of the people you hang, right? You know, your income's the average. I remember hearing that like when I was 25, your income's the average of the five people you hang out with. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> you know, I clearly need to like figure out like getting a different friend group here because it wasn't just income. It was your mindset, right? It was everything. And that's, that's the key critical thing. It's not when he's talking about income. It's your mindset, it's your health, it's your fitness, all of those things. You know, if your friends all tend to work out together, meditate together, go to yoga together, eat healthy together, that's very different than the people who are sitting on the couch, right? Not working out, complaining about their life, being victims and being overweight. And so one of the key things here, when people say to me, you know, how do you maintain your results? There's such a huge thing about people going on, on these programs and then regaining all their weight. How do you avoid that? And I say the simple thing is all you do is find fitter friends. If you are who you hang out with, find people who are as committed or more committed to their wellness program as you. 
because you'll support each other to that success. You'll keep pushing each other and holding each other up. And when someone slides, you know, you're going to get them back on the bus, right? So I think one of the key things like this last year, I was so concerned about, about how isolated everybody is. We're meant to be in groups and communities and we're meant to support each other. So one of the simplest things, if you are trying to up-level your health is find people who are already where you want to be, you know, they're slightly ahead of you and, you know, make friends, hang out. I'm not surprised by that study. You know, one of the things that we've learned about in the last 20 something years or so are mirror neurons and mirror neurons essentially it's like those old Tootsie Roll commercials. Remember those where everything the kids saw was a Tootsie Roll. They are constantly scanning our environment for sameness to bring us to homeostasis, to, to keep us doing the things we're exactly doing because that's what's comfortable. So I, I'm, yes. not, I'm not at all surprised by that study. Well, you, I, here's the opposite of this. Um, it just made me think about this. I remember I had this, this happened over and over and over again, but I remember the first couple of times I was shocked and then I learned what I needed to do to make this not happen anymore. But I had this client, this guy who was struggling with his weight and it was a husband and wife. I would go to their house and do all their nutrition coaching and help them in personal training. And the guy was struggling with his weight. He had cholesterol issues, et cetera. And we were making progress. And then I come in one day and he is angry. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm looking at this, he's angry, his wife's angry. And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not the marriage counselor. Turns out she had been bringing pie to bed. And this, I mean, you know, come on, he's bringing her, his very favorite thing on the planet was apple pie. So she would make warm apple pie and bring it to bed. And uh, he's like, you know, like, could you please talk to her? Why is she doing this? And I think for her, she started to see him making these changes and she was afraid that he would change and leave and literally when i was on dr phil we had a guy on dr phil and we had to do it remotely because he was 600 pounds and he couldn't leave the house and his girlfriend would bring him all the food and we got on that she was in studio he was on video and and dr phil was talking to her about like why are you doing this and he goes well i'm just afraid that if he loses the weight he's so handsome that if he loses the weight he'll he'll leave me yes. so one of the crazy things that as you start to get fitter like any other change you make in your life you may find that your friends shift because you have some friends who are like, no, I really liked you the way you were because I don't have to look at my life, you know, like I don't want to address those things. But if you're addressing those things, then all of a sudden I'm feeling like I need to address those things and I don't want to. So this may not work. It's really interesting. I, I've heard those kind of stories that people will and, and it's not even malicious, but they're sabotaging because of fear, fear of what they might lose. Right. They don't even know they're doing it. That's the crazy thing. I mean, you know, I had another gal who was married to a doctor. She was a nurse, married to a doctor, and we got her so fit. And then her her husband said, I don't want you doing that anymore. Like, just shut it down. Mm. Again, afraid she was going to leave. And I think so many times they don't know where that's coming from, right? Instead of joining her and participating and both of them being their fittest, best selves together. So, yeah, but a lot of times you don't you don't even realize where it's coming from, but it is coming from from fear, as I'm sure you would recognize, because this is your that's your world. 
right, yes, Dr. Richard? For sure. No, that's <laughs> but it, but it's so good. And, and I think you bring up the critical one of the critical elements of this is we've talked about mindset, but there's a huge emotional component to wellness. And a lot of people might look in the mirror and they don't feel like they deserve to be beautiful or deserve to look a certain way. So there is a huge emotional aspect to all of this. And it's so important. It's the biggest aspect. And it was crazy. A couple of years ago, we did a we did this study. I saw you'd interviewed Ryan Levesque. So Ryan Levesque has this one type of survey. It's this open-ended survey and you send it to your community. And our, we sent out this community and we said, hey, if you're not where you want to be with your weight and your health, why not? And honestly, I expected to hear, well, I just, you know, I can't give up gluten or I just not giving up sugar. I don't want to work out, you know, all the normal things you would expect to hear. But, and it's a survey where you can just write as much as you want. And we got like novels from people and it wasn't anything about food. It was, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough over and over and over again, which is why if you first don't start, and it was interesting when I was writing Warrior Mom because the publisher was like, but you're not a mindset person. I go, read Virgin Diet and Sugar Impact Diet. Look at anything I do. The very first place I start with your why, where do you want to go? Let's put you there already. Let's see you there. Let's make sure that you can totally be there because if you don't see yourself there, if you don't believe you're worth it and you start going through that process, if someone else doesn't try to sabotage you, you will. Because it's so far out of your comfort zone, you don't even believe that you can be that person. And so once you move out of that comfort zone, if that comfort zone doesn't enlarge, you will go back to where you were. JJ, this this time has flown by and I wish we had another hour. We'll, we'll have you back when your book comes out for sure. But as you know, I wrap up with this one question with everybody who comes on the show, and that is, if you could share with us your biggest helping, that one single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today, what would that be? You know, one of the things that came out of uh, Warrior Mom, and it was something that my mentor said to me years before, and I thought, you know, what she taught me 20 years earlier changed the trajectory of my life. And this little saying that's so simple and so huge. Don't wish it was easier. Make yourself stronger. Beautifully said. JJ, where can people find you online? JJVirgin.com. That's easy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> we'll have we'll have links to everything JJ at the show notes at the dailyhelping.com. JJ, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It, it flew by. I had a great time and I learned a ton. Uh, thank you for having me back. Appreciate you. Absolutely. And I appreciate each and every one of you as well who tuned into listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, go give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. Mm -hmm.